Here at The Woven Story, we are passionate about gathering women together from different life experiences and journeys that we can all grow from, learn from, and as women, connect to one another. Let us be inspired as well as inspire. This is The Woven Story. Hello, friends. So thanks for joining us. We are so glad that you're here today. We have a very special guest. Her name is Nicole. She is a devoted mother of two. She's an experienced interior stylist, and she excels in the real estate industry where she works together with her husband, Brian. She currently resides in Seattle and is passionate about transforming mundane spaces into extraordinary homes. For over 10 years, Nicole has been motivated to bring families together by creating welcoming environments that appeal to the whole family. When Nicole isn't styling homes, she is often found outside exercising with her friends, volunteering in her local church, and she loves to do family dates with her family. Nicole is always dreaming about her next adventure around the world. She looks forward to introducing her kids to different cultures and the remarkable beauty that the world has to offer. I'd love to welcome Nicole Hopper to the podcast. Thank you, Christy. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Hello, hello. I'd love to hear about your story and how it got you from here today. Well, I'm going to start in childhood, but I'm going to try and make it really quick to get up to now. Growing up, I lived in Federway with my younger brother, Wayne, and both of our parents, um, Mike and Donna. Are, the, are my parents' names. But my dad, um, he struggled with alcohol and drug addiction. So he was in and out of the home and in and out of jail. And then by fourth grade, my parents divorced because my mom just came to a place where she thought it would probably be better for us to not be around that any longer. Hmm. So the importance of having your dad in your life is they instill identity and security. Absolutely. So not having my father there to give me those two things, identity and security and safety and provision, I floundered pretty quick and tried to take care of myself, even though I had an amazing support, supportive family. Hmm. Um, it didn't make up for the absence of my dad and the things that I felt from losing him for that time and not losing his life because he was still alive, of course, but sure, just sure. not having him imparting. So I tried to find my own identity, find my own way and um, got lost on the way. Wow. But my mother was always a really strong example for me. Um, so she showed me the way to go without telling me. And I knew that when I was ready to stop doing what I wanted to do the way that I wanted to do it, that I was going to choose the same route that she had gone, that I had watched be such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And for her, it was and is living a life as a Christian woman and trusting God in every single area of her life, living open-handed, hopeful, full of faith, full of joy. And that seemed really, really hard because I didn't want to surrender because I had worked so hard at becoming my own and building up my walls that made me safe. And um, So how old were you at this age? Well, from fourth grade until 20, I lived in the way that I'm describing. Yeah. So at 20, I decided I was ready to not live my own way Can you give us some context of what that was between fourth grade and 20? Like, 
Um, I, I really struggled in school. School mm. was very hard for me. I did not get good grades. Mm. I had a hard time going to school and showing up. Um, I became disconnected by the end of high school with my closest friends that I had known even since yeah. kindergarten. Um, pushing people, when you're in that space, you push people sure. that care away. Yeah. And you isolate and you hang out with mm. people that don't really care that are kind of in the same boat. Sure. So I started to look around and see this is not the direction I want to head. This isn't how I've been taught, mm-hmm. how I've been raised. And I know there's a better path. Yeah. And I'm ready to make the change and not be in control of me in the way that I've been, but give control to God so that I can live hmm. free and strong and um, safe and secure and yeah. find my identity again and all the things that I felt that I had lost at, wow. after my younger childhood. Wow. So what decisions did you make between like say 18 and 20 when you made that choice? Well, the first step was I went to church with someone who invited me. Okay. And I went ready. Mm. So the pastor uh, started describing somebody in the crowd that he felt God really wanted him to pray for. And I was feeling very stubborn because I was so ready. I wanted to know that God knew and that there was no doubt in my mind that it was me and my turn Mm. that 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 evening. And so I waited until, I mean, the pastor went on for about 15 minutes saying that he wasn't going to uh, continue with the service until he he was able to pray for this person. Mm. And as he went on and describing more in detail what the Holy Spirit was sharing with him, I finally um, accepted that this is me. And I went down and um, was prayed for. And it really... It doesn't happen this way for all people, but for me, it was a night and day. I walked out totally different, and everything in my life changed from that moment Hmm. forward. And what what I mean by that, by everything... Yeah, tell the listeners what that means. Is I mean the way that I talked, Hmm. the way that I walked, the way that I dressed, the way that I ate food, the way that I thought, Hmm. the choices that I made, it was... very detailed, wow. um, a detailed, just inner healing that God took me through and Journey. showed me like, this is why you would care about your health. And this is why you would go. Cause I really started to enjoy running. Cause you, I had to replace things. Like I was spending mm, like time a bad habit with in a, a lot habit. of, in a lot of wrong ways. So I needed to come up with some new good ways, but I wanted to do them for the right reasons. So I didn't want to work out so that I could look good. I wanted to work out because God told me that it's important to take care of my body. And so there were things that he was changing my thought process and the way that I, that I mm. made choices. And, yeah. and so I, I started to really latch onto scripture and that became my foundation. Mm. And so when I would find myself in a situation at work where I, somebody was just being really ugly to me, I would I I mean, I really literally put them in my pockets, like written on paper and stuff at first because I was in such training. Like it was like a little toddler learning everything brand new. And so I went through this process and, you know, we're all still going through that all the time. So that doesn't entirely end, (laughs) but it, it transformed me and everyone around me could see that. And the joy that shines through your eyes when you have that 
mm-hmm. transformation of accepting Jesus and and letting him be the Lord of your life and living truly open-handed in every area. Yeah. It sets you free and it allows you to dream. And mm-hmm. I wasn't dreaming before. Wow. I was in survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, there's no space for dreaming. No, and you're not thriving. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what are the dreams that God put on your heart during that time? I wouldn't say they were specific uh, large dreams that I could grasp, but I can look back and tell you that I never as a girl dreamt about my wedding one day or mm. what my dress would look like or how many kids I was going to have or what their names were going to be or yeah. or what career I wanted to have. Those are dreams I didn't have. And so those started to develop slowly. Mm. And I met my husband. I was age 24, I believe. Okay. And he was a new he wasn't a new Christian. We both grew up in Christian homes. I even went to a Christian school. So we had the foundation in yeah. our early childhood, but we both lived our own way sure. until we became adults. And so him and I were about in the same place with our walk when we met. Okay. And how'd you guys meet? Well, we both worked hear this story at yet. Costco. Costco. But we also um, were visiting the same church frequently that had revival meetings, they called it. So they were having church every night of the week. So what was his job at Costco? He was the janitor, and I worked in the food court. But I didn't notice him at Costco. I noticed him at church as someone that I recognized from work. Okay. So that was where that that connection So how was this introduction to you? I'm so curious. Um, It was a notice scene. I noticed him. Okay. It's like, oh, that guy. And then I kept hearing his name. People kept asking me at work, um... Have you heard of Hopper? Because everything you're telling me, you guys should be good friends. Have you met him yet? Do you know who he is? And I would hear that over and over and over. And I wasn't really interested. That was just not my uh, direction. Direction. It it wasn't taking up my thought life. I wasn't worried about a boyfriend or that was not on my mind at all. So <laughs> that's usually when it happens. <laughs> yeah, it's true. When you're not looking, you're you're fulfilled. Yeah, and you don't, there's not that. It's not a need. Yeah, you're not looking for a guy. So it to wasn't a you. need. Yeah. Yeah. But we know that it is very fulfilling to be married, and so yeah. God had that for me. And um, we waited about two years to date after we met. Wow. Because we worked that was together. A long t- okay. And so you I, both worked at Costco the whole time. We did. I okay. was not going to pursue him or let him know that I liked him. He was going to have to be the one. So it took two years. And then on um, Valentine's Day, he gave me a third day CD and asked me day. if I would like to go on a hike. That okay. was it. Wow. And a year later, we were engaged, and then six months later, we got married. So, Wow. And now you guys have two kids. Yeah, and we celebrate 18 years of marriage this coming week. Okay. So in a few days on August 15th. So what's been your highest high being married and your lowest low being married? I couldn't divide it to highs and lows, Okay, maybe. Yeah. But I could say that I absolutely love doing life with him. Mm-hmm. He makes everything fun. Hmm. We're, we are a great team. We push each other. He has shown me the love of Jesus in a way that mm-hmm. I didn't know it before by the way that he wow. loves me and the way that he treats me. Yeah. And that's been a really beautiful thing. And I love raising kids with him. And it's really cool having the same foundational beliefs 
mm-hmm. being that of what's in the Bible because we're able to really agree on most things in life. Yeah, absolutely. It makes absolutely. a big difference for us. Okay, so tell me about early in your marriage. I did a little research about you okay. and talked to different people, and I know that you're living in a smaller town. Mm-hmm. and your husband was a firefighter, mm-hmm. and then you have since moved to, I would say, the bigger city. Yes. Um, what can you share with people that inspires like women to jump out of their comfort zone and make a life change? Yeah, that was a really big life change because he was successful in his career, and it was his dream job. He was a lieutenant at the fire department. Lieutenant, wow. And I got to be stay-at-home mom, and um, when I became stay-at-home mom, he... So our oldest is 14, I should tell you that. So this was 14 years ago. He decided to take up the real estate career when I was pregnant is when he got his license. So he's been in uh, a broker for 15 years. Okay. And he was able to do both jobs for a very long time. He's always so been he did him very successful together. at both jobs. Wow. He's pretty amazing. Not everybody can pull that off, but he did. <laughs> and then we decided to dream bigger. Mm-hmm. And we dreamed of moving to the big city, which for us was Kirkland, which is a, a suburb city of Seattle. And it's a very expensive move from where we were. So the home that we lived in was was nice and it was large. But the area we lived in, we would pay about three times mm. um, that home price to move to a much smaller home mm. in Kirkland. And that didn't seem possible for a very long time. Yeah. But we got to a place where I decided to be brave and speak it out because we dream things for a long time, but mm-hmm. once we speak them, absolutely. Then it becomes really real. Yeah. And I got up the courage to speak it believing that I think he might be on the same page and he's not spoken it yet and I'm I'm ready to be the mm-hmm. first. And we were driving down 167. Uh, it's a local highway and I still remember saying, "Hey, I've been thinking So you were the first to say it. I was the first to say it. Wow. I said, I've been thinking, I'm ready to move to Kirkland. Wow. What do you think? And he lit up and he said, yeah, I agree. And we were leaving the next day for a little trip to Arizona just to sit around the pool for a few days with the kids in the heat. And so that became the topic of our entire vacation. Wow. And we talked about how we were going to do that. We were very involved in our community. We were very involved in our church and our neighborhood. Was, and how many years ago was this? This was only four year, five years ago. The five conversation years. was okay. five years ago, so not all that long ago. We decided we were going to give ourselves a year to uproot and make this move. And then we started telling people. Wow. One at a time. What were the challenges that you experienced uh, making making the big change? The challenges were financial. Okay. So we would need to have 20% of a down payment. So we needed to save that. And we were going to have to have cash to sell our home because the value at that time had dropped. Mm-hmm. And we knew we could hold on to it and it would come back up within about a year. But I, I wanted to be done. I didn't want to rent it, and I didn't want to have that lingering. And we had another property in the area that we owned. Yeah, we had a couple actually, and I knew we'd be holding onto those. And I just, I just needed to let that one go. And um, so we had to save money for that as well. And then um, 
be able to buy multiple pro- have multiple properties in our name at the same time and be approved for the loan. So, and and yeah. I guess another thing I should mention is the and a lot of people will remember this is the market was really crazy. So if there was a really great house, you would yeah. be coming up against maybe twenty offers of other people who had cash and were willing to go you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars sure, over the, the asking price. Very and crazy. That is the scenario that we had. And you know how I felt was that I had so much peace mm-hmm. and I felt so sure because I knew and deep down in my heart, you know, when it's something that God has put on your heart yeah. or it's something that you've deliberately decided on. I'm doing this because we weren't doing this because it was a desire of our heart that we felt God had dropped in there. Mm. And we were, we both felt so strongly about that, that we weren't worried how we're coming up with these, this crazy amount of money and how we're going to make the timing work out for everything with kids being in school and houses closing and moving and all the little details that none of that was a concern for me at that yeah. time. And so um, we did it. We made the leap and we moved to Kirkland. We uprooted. Our what community still loves us. <laughs> we didn't We didn't lose any friends in the whole thing. Yeah. What are the um, challenges that you've experienced uh, since moving? First challenge was, oh my goodness, this commute to his fire career is going to kill us with how busy he is with real estate. <laughs> and... He was having to stay after shift, but then stay there at a local coffee shop just to like catch up on work before he got back on the road to come back. And a lot of times Uh he'd have to do appointments back to back from his shifts. And so we weren't having the normal amount of seeing each other time that we were used to. And he realized he was ready. Wow. And we felt we felt really released for him to let go of that career. That career was stability. So in real estate, you don't know where you're checks are coming from in the fire department you do and you know exactly how much they'll be so that was always like our stable income and then this was the the other income and and we we had gotten really used to living taking that that leap is a huge deal yeah and that's exactly what it's called taking the leap yes (laughs) and he did it or we did it it was well and i think what's beautiful about your story is that you um you were the one that was almost empowering him yeah like no we're gonna do this like we can do this together yeah yeah that's really beautiful. So um, back to your story about, was there any um, moments that you experienced isolation or loneliness? And then um, how did you overcome that? Honestly, it would be just what I've already shared, okay. where it was right at that, you know, just finishing high school, that yeah. 18 to 20, pulling away from my friends, trying to figure out what in the world I was doing. Yeah. And I overcame it, like I said, by um, running to Jesus. Wow. That's amazing. So in having a daughter, how has that changed you? Oh, she's the sweetest thing in the whole world. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I don't know how that's changed me. Oh, asking somebody else, I think, would be better. Sometimes it's really hard to look at yourself. You know, I was just um, on this beautiful trip in England with my childhood best friend. She was the maid of honor in my wedding, and we've been in school together since kindergarten. And she was so sweet. We haven't talked in years, but she was so sweet to have some really intimate conversations with me and share with me how she believes people perceive me. Because I think a lot of times it's hard for all of us to see how others see yourself. Yes. And how we see ourselves could be a little distorted anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a good thing to hear from other people. Yeah. And 
I really trust her because mm -hmm. of how long yeah, she's your known history. me much yeah, longer than absolutely. my husband, yeah. right? Um, so, you know, I, I think hearing her words were just really beautiful to, to hear that she saw me as someone who... <laughs> I almost laugh when I think about it because I didn't, I never thought of this before, but she said, <laughs> you are so amazing at self-care. Like, I think you should be teaching other people this. It just comes with such ease for you. And, um, would my, you agree is self-care something that you're passionate about or what does self-care mean to I you? I would say it does come with ease because I don't put a lot of thought into it. Hmm. It's not something that I'm spending time consciously deciding how I'm going to fit in taking care of myself here yeah. or fitting. I just, it's just, I just, it's just do a part it. of your life. I just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and she sees it kind of like, gosh, you're hard to hang out with sometimes because you kind of got it together there. <laughs> so, um, I think having a daughter is just, it's, it's just so important to, to be kind to yourself mm. and to, uh, show them what joy looks like and to teach them, how to speak and mm -hmm. she's she's just so bright and so cheery and so sweet that she has taught me more than anything wow. to be that it's amazing how kids can be such teachers to us yeah yeah wow I love that um so how would you define success and what does that look like and feel like for you I would say for me success really looks like freedom freedom okay um because when, as soon as I experienced freedom, I felt free to love, okay. free to dream, yeah, like I talked about, um, free to achieve, and freedom is really it's a gift from God. Mm -hmm. um, trusting Him with my money, trusting Him with my relationships, with family members that I can't control, with my fears, with my hurts, with my career. This is where just this peace that surpasses all the understanding of the like just what we know in front of us and what we see yeah it this piece comes in and says it kind of washes like whoosh it may not yeah. make sense but mm -hmm. and it, it there's a such a freedom in such that. a freedom yeah when you have that peace and you're trusting him with Absolutely. things you can't control like I talked about the Kirkland move the yeah. peace that came over me and and it's freeing it's freeing when we can trust him with areas of our life, it, Absolutely. all areas of our life. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have a morning routine that you like abide by or <laughs> work towards or have goals for? I have the first half hour of my morning. Okay, let's routine. hear about that. It's nothing great, but I'm. I would, if you asked me, I would admit I'm not a morning person, which just means that I don't wake up really chatty, super smiley, full of energy. I'm not going to go to the gym at 4.30. I'm not going to go to the gym at 6.30 even. Like yeah. I, I can wake up early, but I just need my cup of coffee. I sit on the couch. I have a blanket. My dog usually comes and joins me and I stare out the window. <laughs> and I've asked my family, like they can totally come and be with me, but just don't ask me questions about today. <laughs> like no questions in the first half hour and everything yes. in the world is good. So would you say that you're a night owl then? Not necessarily. I used to be, okay. but no, I'm pretty 10, 15 on the dot. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. I'm, um, I'm cheery in the evening. <laughs> it's not like the morning <laughs> and it's not that I'm not cheery, but I, i see the dip. There is a difference. It's a, it's a real thing. Morning people and not yeah. morning people. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, so one last question I had for you yeah. is, um, 
If you could pick another career to do, what would it be? Counseling. Counseling. Wow. And why is that? It's very fulfilling. It's very fulfilling. And it's another thing that I, I would say comes with ease. Okay. Not that I have had all these opportunities, but just um, I've always deep down really wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thanks so much, Nicole, for joining us. It's been uh, wonderful to hear your story and how you overcome and created uh, freedom within your life. And um, I'm just so excited for the listeners to hear, hear your story. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for being a part of The Woven Story. Just remember that your story has the power to inspire, empower, and change lives. We would love to connect with you, so be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Woven Story. Visit our website at thewovenstory.com where you can hear more stories just like this, and you can submit your own. We will catch you next time on our next episode.